Hello and welcome back to the Press Room Podcast, supported by Ride WA, another episode of the Summer Series, you legends. We've just had the Australian Nationals wrap up with the uh, men's and women's elite road race finishing up today. Some really, really good winners there and um, some great winners across the weekend in the time trials and the criteriums. And, uh, you know, this episode, I mean, there was one person I wanted to talk to this summer and uh, she's been really ripping it up lately and being hot, hot property uh, on the cycling scene. She's just signed her first world tour contract with Team Bike Exchange, Jayco. And today's episode is going to be talking with Ruby Roseman Gannon. Now, uh, we did this one, I think it was just after the new year, so it's a really cool episode. We get to know more about Ruby, what she's like. She's obviously been in the news a lot. She's been informed. She's winning bike races, uh, the Australian National Criterium Champion uh, this year, which is an event she's been wanting to win for ages. Uh, She had a great ride in the road race, finishing fourth as well. And, uh, yeah, she's about to uh, jet off and... um, set up camp in the world tour and i think she's going to be a real real good asset to that team but more importantly this episode we find out more about ruby you know what makes her tick um how she got to securing that contract and um also she chats about some really interesting uh stuff about performance anxiety pressure and that sort of thing that she went through uh after she signed the contract with the world tour team and how she overcame it and very very interesting particularly for any young female cyclist out there trying to reach uh, the level that ruby was on and has got to now so uh with that legends it's time for the ergo if you're really keen or if you're commuting to work um or you're just sitting around at home get this potty on this one's for you the summer series thanks for listening All right, good afternoon. We are back on the Press Room Podcast. This is a episode uh, that we're focusing on the Australian Nationals, and today we have Ruby Roseman Gannon. Uh, Ruby, how are you going today? Yeah, pretty good. Enjoying this warm weather. Melbourne has been pretty cold for majority of summer, so finally we've got a bit of warmth. So I'm excited. That's great. Awesome. Uh, to kick things up, uh, Ruby, can you just give us a brief rundown, listeners um, outside of Australia? Uh, give us uh, your age, where you're from in Australia, and um, team you're riding for, and then give us favourite moment of the 2021 season for you. I'm Ruby Rose McGannon. I am 23. I'm from Melbourne, uh, Brunswick in Melbourne. That's where the cycling club I started at um, and have been since I was five, so a very long time. Um, I fe- and I'm riding for Bike Exchange Jaco next well, this year. Um, and my favourite moment from 2021, that's really hard. Um, I'd probably, I probably have to say um, winning Grafton to Inverell um, just because I wasn't really sure that I would be in the form I need to be to win it at the time. So mm-hmm. it was, kind of came as a surprise that I had got there. So. Yeah, it was pretty pretty cool. Mm, okay. Um, I didn't know you were part of uh, Brunswick. That's quite yeah. a um, talent factory, that club, isn't it? Yeah, I think, um, yeah, I think we've come, especially like the generation coming through now with Sarah and Luke, like I guess it's surprising to some, but also it's a club that supports grassroots level level cycling and like keeps people engaged in the sport through like enjoyment fun community 
all those things. So I, it's not that surprising to me having come up through that environment. Yeah, yeah, definitely. I'm super jealous of uh, what that club and a lot of the Victorian clubs uh, have just because of having that outdoor track access. Yeah. Do you think? Yeah, that makes a big difference. Yeah, yeah, definitely, especially for junior cycling, you know, because uh, we talk about it all the time here in WA, Ruby's having the outdoor track, you know, it, it, for, for junior cycling, getting into cycling, it makes it so much more accessible, like a, like a football or an AFL or a cricket, you know. There's a home oval where the kids can play and train and then there's club rooms and the parents can drop them off and um, they're safe. They're not riding, like, on the road somewhere. And, uh, yeah, definitely. I think, like, even for skill development for cyclists, like my brother and sister, who are three years younger than me, went through the clinic as well. And like some of their friends came along and just learned how to ride a bike. And that's like such a useful skill, even just for commuting around Melbourne mm. or whatever. Yeah. Yeah, sweet. Oh, that's so cool. And uh, you did mention Grafton Inverell as one of your season highlights. Uh, Grafton is one of the longer races on the Australian calendar. Can you just give a background of what the race is like? They might have, other listeners might have heard about Melbourne the Warnable and the Grafton's of similar elk. Is that right? Yeah, I actually, to be honest, didn't know much about Grafton to Inverell before I did it um, because it's only really had, I think previous years they've had a women's race, but this was the first year they've, in recent years, they've done it. Um, and basically it's from a country town called Grafton to a country town called Inverell in New South Wales. <laughs> and yeah, it is really long for the men, I think. And it's also up, mostly uphill for them. Um, I can't remember the exact distance, whereas we actually started at the top of the range. So we didn't do that much climbing. And we also had a tailwind, I think, or no, we had a headwind, which neutralized the race for the men and the women. Yeah. Um, so it wasn't as hard, I think, in both races. And it especially wasn't super hard for us because we didn't go up the really long climb. Yeah. Um, but my, so Alan Grindle, who was one of the, I think, he might've been one of the founders of the Brunswick clinic where I started and he like devoted his life. He also went to the Olympics. I'm pretty sure. Wow. Um, he won the first men's Grafton to Inverell and he was there on the start line. Oh. Um, when I, I didn't know I was going to see him because he lives in the two crime, I'm pretty sure. So I haven't seen him. I, I like knew him when I was five and I've seen him like different points. And on the start line, he wished me luck. And oh. I just had this moment of like extreme pressure because I really, really wanted to win it. Yeah. Um, but also, like, I guess that nostalgia from my childhood, like, he was a guy who, he told me, um, I think when I was about five or six, that I looked like I was riding to school um, when I was racing, like, wasn't, like, competitive enough. But he, like, kind of followed my whole career from when I was five up until now, like, at every stage along the way, he's, like, checked in. And, yeah, it was pretty special then getting to the finish line, winning it, and, like, he was like so proud and I was just so excited to see him and we got photos like first woman to win the Grafton team rail first um man so yeah it was really cool that's awesome well, that's a really good um that's a good piece of history there and uh yeah that's awesome I actually had two of my um uh best mates went and raced that race in the women's they were part of the WA team called chaotic energy it was like a blue colored team you might have remembered but um I remember following the race and uh seeing like sort of following the live updates and um i did think you were a pretty good chance when you were coming to the finish and you were in that final group because it was like 20 maybe there's 20 riders left is that 
Do you remember? Uh, yeah, I don't actually, I can't remember. To be honest, the actual race was pretty uneventful. Um, I think a lot of riders, like a lot of teams backed themselves for the sprint. Mm. So they weren't like heats of attacks, especially early on. And then there was a pretty nasty crash midway where we lost a few riders. So then at that point, like having less riders, having like me as a sprinter and a more sprint oriented team, we were just like back it in to sprint. So we neutralized the race a little bit just by like jumping on anything. Mm-hmm. And most of the teams weren't super aggressive either. So like with the headwind, it just neutralized it. The climbs weren't that hard. Yeah. So it wasn't the most exciting race I've ever been a part of, but it was a cool, cool win. Wow. That sounds like a ripper. Uh, okay. So, um, Ruby, what, uh, what, can you give us a bit of background on the teams that you have been on in Australia, uh, I guess, in the lead up to joining Team Bike Exchange? Obviously, just before you signed, you were with ARA. Can you give us just a background on some of the other teams? Yeah, um, I started off sort of with VIS, like after Brunswick, I started with the VIS track program. Mm. Um, and I, I did a bit of NRS racing with them just basically like when they were going along just as an individual, a few races here and there. And then I guest rode for High Five Dream Team in, uh, I think it was first year under 19s because they needed an extra rider and they needed a rider that wasn't signed for an NRS team. So that was like a super cool experience because I got to ride for um, Rebecca Wysack and we only had Rebecca Wysack, myself and Kendall, like three, three person team, just like just getting in. And like, that was like, that was one of like, the moments where I really loved that experience because I was really like all in for Beck who was going really really well at the time and like what can I do Beck like can I do this can I follow a move and they were really like happy with oh, cool. how I rode so I was like yeah. yeah that was cool and then I got on high five dream team two years later um which was sort of my first um team but I was only on there for a year because it folded up for that mm. um and that was really cool because, like, Lucy Kennedy, who just retired off Bike Exchange, she was racing at the time. So um, she was really, really strong. And so we'd try and, like, lead her into a climb or, like, lead yeah. Beck out because Rebecca Wysack was going really well. Um, so, and I often was trailed off the back after, um, like, a really hard climb. I'd just feel, like, on my absolute limit. And Kendall would be like, we can get back on. And then we'd go, like, back through the convoy and then get back on. And so a lot of those races I actually was, like, dropped pretty early on and I would just fight so hard to get back on like one of my favorite memories was um uh Amy's grand no was it Amy's great ocean road race yeah I finally got back on like I just had got dropped all day finally got back on down Beck Wysack let her out and she won so like that was I just went so deep to try and get there um then after that folded out it was part of TIS racing team TIS so TIS, yeah, the Tasmanian Institute of Sport, mm-hmm. um, just because Matt Gilmore was running that and had some similar aged riders to myself, which like was a big priority, I guess, having friends and community. And Matt is like one of the smartest guys around. Like he raced heaps um, back in the day. So yeah, having him as my DS. And then, so I was on that team for two years and I was more of a track focus at the time. Um, mm-hmm. And then when I made Academy um, for, for the track, they have an agreement with ARA. So that would have been 2020. Mm. Um, so I signed with ARA that year and then have raced with ARA um, ever since. So mm. last two years. Okay. That's a good background. So as you were sort of 
under 17, under 19, under, well, that sort of period, were you more focused on the track at that point? Yeah, well, yeah, basically I was um, because the VIS scholarship offered me like free coaching, um, gym stuff, like all the wheels. And yeah. honestly, like it's such a financial burden, like as a junior on your parents, like for all those things. And like I had a road bike as well. And um, all the funding changed in 2016, I think, or mm. post, post the, yeah, basically they got rid of road scholarships anyway. So it just made sense to me to continue on the track when I could still do road on the side. And I was probably like on the trajectory towards, like I was a lot better on, on the track comparatively than I was on the road at the time. Mm. Um, even though I think like as a junior, I was probably better on the road at that time. I think with like all the gym conditioning and everything, yeah. I'd probably prefer track. Um, but yeah, but then, then I feel like the last sort of two years, I've been like very obsessed with road. Um, but yeah, I still really enjoy track as well. It's just where it is pretty cool. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, for sure. Did you um, did you compete at the national track events? Yeah, yeah, I've done like yeah, I basically did every year. Like priority was always um, track, so track nationals. And what um, was your what was your best or your most sort of the event that suited you the most? Was it like points? Just, yeah, the longer and harder it was, the better I'd get. So, yeah, I like omniums. Like, I really like eliminations, tempos, and points races. Um, mm. Not a massive fan of a scratch race. Uh, I would like it if people attacked more, but it's pretty hard when <laughs> everyone's all in for the sprint. Um, yeah. But, yeah, I, I did a few six days in 2019. Oh, and, cool. yeah, I flew across for a 2021 that got cancelled. It was right at the start of COVID. So we were overseas for 24 hours and then went back. No way. Where was that? Manchester. It was like literally we flew back and then the borders shut like four hours after we left. Yeah. But which, where did you race in the six days? Which ones did you do 2020? So I did, uh, well, I did Melbourne and then Brisbane and then London. Oh, got to do London. That's cool. Yeah, that was really cool. And I was going pretty well at the time um, and I, Katie, all the British riders were racing and I watched Katie Archibald race before and I knew that in the tempo she likes to go for a lap mm. and so I just watched her and I waited for her to go. I just sat back, watched when she went, went with her. We took a lap and she let me get every second lap the points. Huh. Like she just let me get them and I was like, you could just easily sprint past me. We got, <laughs> got back onto the bunch and then she went again and I went with her again. Oh, what? <laughs> and then she still let me get the points and she only beat me in the tempo by one point. And I was like, what are you doing? But then I realised it was actually really good for her tactically to let me come a close second to her. Like she could easily beat me in the last sprint anyway because in the Omnium standings, I then, like I probably wasn't going to win the Omnium and the other British riders were really good. So mm. I, like, sucked up some of the Omnium points yeah. in that thing. So I think that's why she let me do that. But that was a pretty cool experience. And I, like, finished the race and I was like, wow, that was really cool. I took two laps of Katie Archibald. That is elite. I just wrote it down. I'm going to watch that after this. That is so sick. Like, of all people. I was, <laughs> I was very deep in the red. So, and I think Katie was doing it pretty easily. Wow. Um, 
still though. I mean, that's really uh, impressive to like you. Had you watched some of her racing before? Quite a bit. I just well, just I raced her in um, Brisbane and Melbourne, and she did that both times. Like I think the tempo you've got two options: you either go early for points, or you sit back, like wait as long as possible till everyone's cooked, and then hit it. Or I guess you can like sit in and go for the last points, but yeah. Mm, okay. She I guess, seems to go. Yeah. I mean, when you're as strong as Katie, you can probably just tick all the boxes and do it all. Eh? Yeah, I think she can probably do whatever she wants, to be honest. <laughs> it seems. But, like, oh, sick. That's a wicked story. All right. I'll definitely look that up. Uh, okay. So, um, yes. So, 20. So, I guess. Into sort of 2020, um, you had uh, a pretty consistent season. When do you think it sort of, um, like, when did you ever start thinking that you could go turn professional on the road in Europe? Yeah, well, I went overseas in 2019 to Belgium for a month um, with, like, the Australian development team. And I'd actually just come off, like, one of my biggest uni semesters ever, um, like I think I had five exams or something in two weeks, like a week before I left. And so like, I knew I wasn't coming in with the form that I would need, but I needed to do my uni stuff. Um, and over there, like I did pretty, I did all right, but I wasn't like flying. And the racing we did, Bene Tour was the big UCI tour we did, which is basically yeah. like four days of like pancake flat, really oh. fast racing with like half world tour and half UCI teams and it's like later in the season so all the UCI teams like doing everything and anything they can to win yeah um and like all the I think Loretta Hansen was there and like some other Australian pros and they were like this is the most crazy racing we've ever done like there's so many crashes there was one day where like we rolled out in the neutral section it was like a bit wet and there was like crashes happening at the back of the bunch it was like a big pile up some of our teammates went down and then mid-race, there was another huge pileup and I got past that one. And then coming into an intermediate sprint, there was like a massive pileup that I just avoided. And I looked like, I think we started with over 100 people. And then I looked back and I was like, one of the last people. And we were like a bunch of 40 at that point, just from crashes. Like it wasn't that hard. Nice. And I looked over at this girl um, in Canyon Shire. It was actually um, Hannah Ludwig. And okay. I was like, what the hell is going on like this is just crazy like why are we doing this and she looked up at me and she was like this is war and um (laughs) (laughs) I've since like kept in contact with her a little bit um she came over for Santos tour and like we've exchanged messages online so it'll be cool to see her but at that point like I got off the bike and I was like I don't know if this is what I want to do like this is crazy like I said to Donna Ray Slinsky who was our DS I was like if this is like what a being a pro cyclist is, I don't know if I want to do it. Um, and she was like, "Oh no, like have I really? ruined cycling?" Really like, were you scared? Yeah, it was just like it was like there was just so many crashes that, like, I'm not someone who thinks about crashing much, but like you literally couldn't not think about that because it was just <laughs> people were just taking risks everywhere to like make position, and everyone was scared because of the crashes. So then they were taking more risks. And I wasn't like fit enough that I could just like ride off the front. So it was like, yeah, yeah, it was like really hard. But then um, did a bit more track. Like that's when I went to London 16 and stuff. Um, mm. 
And then like coming into 2020, like I got sick and I just was like, oh, like I'm in for another track season kind of thing. And my coach was like, no, nah, like you've got to go for road nuts. Like you like go for the crit. And I was like, all right. And so we just do like a big roadblock. And then I came into Bay Crits and I was like, I'm actually going really well. Like I was like, I actually have like good sprint form, good aerobic form. And then do the crit. And I was like, wow, okay. Like I'm really going well. Like I was just surprised. Like I was just like, I feel like I haven't changed anything and I've suddenly stepped up. And then in, even in the road race, I was like, oh, I can kind of climb now, like pretty well. And then um, I think, yeah, then, I, then we had TDU after that and I was going pretty well in that as well. Like I wasn't far off a podium on the stage. Like I was, I knew I was close. And then by the time I got to Cadells, I was like, I think if I could, if I could just step up a bit more, I could nearly win Cadells. Mm. Like that's what I was thinking. It's like, I just have to like train hard, like, obviously I, like the odds were stacked against me, but I was like, I'm not actually that far off. And that was kind of the point where I was like, I actually really want to do road and I'm motivated and excited. And like, I loved the racing and I guess it was like, I was still far away off the pace, but it was like that you could, I could see that I could get there. Yeah. Um, and then COVID happened. So <laughs> then, then it was like, yeah, but um, that was definitely super motivating and, definitely got very obsessed with like that short goal I guess like it just felt like it wasn't that far off Mm. so it's it's kind of like a um well it's like a positive feedback loop isn't it because when you start to see exactly you you just way more interested um it's like when people go to the gym and you you, as soon as you see a little improvement in anything you're like oh it's working I want to go pay more that's really interesting. How did you go on the Bay Crits? Did you get any results? I, I don't remember. It's been a few years since it's been on. Yeah, well, actually, um, I was just planning to train through it and, yeah, like basically just did train through it. Like I did like a heat session that morning and then um, I found myself in a break with um, Spratty oh. <laughs> and I was like absolutely boxed on her wheel like on the hot dog circuit. Like I was, yeah, very much in the red and she was like, nearly going to change drop me um so I actually said to her like I can't pull through please don't attack me (laughs) um (laughs) but like we stayed away and she won that um race and then that pulled me up on GC and then the next day was Eastern Gardens which has like a little bit of a climb it's the same course that um is this year yeah yeah um and then Spready attacked again and then I went with her again and I think we had um I think Chloe Hosking, who was racing with Freddie and Matilda Reynolds bridged across mm. and Chloe won that stage and I got second. And I think I was like either equal lead or like just behind Chloe on the points because she'd got third on the day before. And I was like, oh my God, like I'm really close to winning the whole like series. But uh-huh. then on the last day, it was like more of a flattish circuit. And I think I got fourth in the bunch kick or something. So I was, yeah, Chloe won. Yeah. Um, but yeah, that was when I was like, yeah, I'm actually going really well because I hadn't kind of felt like I was fit enough to even, <laughs> or maybe it was just holding Katie Archibald's wheel. <laughs> yeah. Because yeah. um, that was probably a month before, but yeah. Do all those all those little moments, um, you know, you're riding and you're, in, you're actually in the race with like some world-class riders, they must have been like just massively, it sounds like they were a little bit of a, like a, a shining light to you to say oh yeah I belong here I can do this yeah it was definitely like a shock a very big shock at the time like I was kind of like 
in disbelief of what was going on because I just had felt like I've been like consistently training for a long time and it was kind of that moment where I felt like I finally stepped up like a lot of like the incremental changes like you are obviously improving but I guess it was that moment that sort of period of my career where I was like okay like I'm actually really improving now like it's not just like five watts here or five watts there it's like I'm now in contention of winning which then like gives you more confidence like you said the positive reinforcing loop yeah yeah uh did you in 2020 I've only got the um I don't remember you would have raced U23 for yeah yeah I did yeah did you win yeah I um the year before I was third year under 23s and I got third overall um and then so then the next year like after Bay Crips I was like I really want to go for the win like the overall win like I was like I think I can win it um and it was like a really wet crit which I actually really love like I love anything extreme like wet crit windy hot like anything that's like I don't know just a bit like out of the ordinary excites me like I just love a bit of I don't know wind and rain and heat or whatever so I was excited for that and then yeah Chloe Hosking got the win um and it was it was pretty close we actually had a lot of close wins I mean close races that season where she like got me every time so I was like I've got to train harder yeah she is a very classy rider very strong and she's been very very kind to me and just um very like I think I mean, I felt this before when like there's an up and coming rider and like they're kind of like just challenging you. There's like a part of you that wants to, I don't know, it just feels threatened, but I feel like she never ever has been like that towards me. Like she's been very respectful and nice and like helpful. So I really appreciate that. And like, I hope to be that kind of rider as well that isn't like threatened by the next generation coming through and like you know, every challenge is like an opportunity for you yourself to grow. So yeah, I really appreciated that part of her. Um, but yeah, so, and that was definitely motivating as well. And then last year I was like, okay, I've got third, I've got second, it's time to win. But yeah, Nettie is really, really good. So yeah, I'm watching that race, she rode it perfectly. Her sprint is pretty phenomenal. I've like raced her a bit in um, Adelaide and yeah, I don't think I've beaten her in a sprint, like one one v one ever. <laughs> not <laughs> she, yet, not yet. Although no, she's retired now, isn't she? She retired. Yeah, yeah, I know. Well, you know, there's still like you know bunch rides around Melbourne. Um, <laughs> <laughs> so in the road race though for the nationals, 2020 you were 20th, and last year you were there around maybe 15th, 12th. Yeah, 20th and 10th, I think. Oh, okay. Yeah. So this year, are you racing? Yes, I am. Interesting. Are you, um, how do you feel about the road race? Um, I like the course. Yeah. Last year was a very frustrating race. Um, just because, yeah, like that move went and we weren't represented. And then, um, it was just like, I guess a miscalculation on my part. Um, I was really nervous for it. Like I really wanted to do well and I wasn't expecting an early move. Like having raced Sarah, especially like earlier on in the season, we did NRS together. 
where basically I was just like doing everything I could to hold her up the climbs and she was doing everything she could to drop me up the climbs <laughs> and like I really like Sarah like we're both from friends like we get along really well and it was like quite a fun like period of racing where we were just trying to outsmart each other and like afterwards we were like we need to do efforts where you ride the front as hard as you can try and drop me and I just try and hold on we'll get so much out of ourselves yeah. but um <laughs> she yeah we were kind of looking at each other a bit and we I was just like there's no way an early break is gonna go this year I don't think and then an early break went and it was like the perfect combination it was a really good break and I was like I just completely stuffed up there um and it was just like from behind like I didn't have the team that could just like get on the front and drive it back yeah and then I didn't want to like I couldn't really get away um I tried attacking on the climb to split it like a lot like with sort of Nicole and Sarah like we were all like realized that the race was up the road and I was getting so much time and the main area we could like do anything was on the hill but then like no it's just like you get such a good draft on that hill so mm. it really is only towards the end of the race that you can really like create attrition yeah. um and I definitely like I actually felt so good that day that day but I definitely overworked kind of the mid part of the race trying to split the bunch because I was like if we can just get a smaller bunch like Nicole, Sarah and I would work really well together and we could bridge across, but yeah, it just wasn't going to happen. And anyway, that race, yeah, wasn't my best race. And it was definitely very fr a frustrating kind of race where you're just like, you know where the race is at, but you can't really do much yeah. from behind. Yeah. And then, yeah. Okay. Well, the I mean, there's, I love the Australian National Circuit uh, up Buninyong, um, and the climb you mentioned. It's called Buninyong. Now, how long is it? It's like was it like three k? Yeah, I know it in minutes. It's okay. kind of like it's kind of like four minutes for us on the. It's like a long sort of drag where you can see the top, but it just goes forever. Like it looks just so long, and then it like flattens out for like a minute. Yeah. And then it goes back yeah. up for yeah. another like two minutes and it gets really steep towards the top. Yeah. And so I think for us, it's about six to eight minutes. Okay. For the whole thing. And that first portion you were saying, that's what, like 6%, seven? Yeah, I think so. I think it might even hit a little bit more than that, but yeah, maybe about 6% average as it goes up and there's a feed zone on that. Course yeah. Of, and you said course of you get a bit of draft, you're obviously going up there pretty quickly. So you get yeah. On the majority of the course, you get a bit of a draft. Um, I mean, the hill, a bit of a draft because it's not like super steep. It's kind of like that middle range between like it's not like like towards when you do it nine times, it makes it a very hard course. Oh, yeah. But then like if you did it once, like I'd say the whole bunch could get over kind of thing. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And that's what makes it so hard. Eh? It's the amount of times you go up there and then also I guess the heat as well. Does the heat play a factor for you? Uh, I like the heat, the hotter it gets. <laughs> I um, really like that. It definitely pays a factor. Um, but I think the long-range forecast this year is that it's not going to be hot. And I wouldn't be surprised because of this El Nino weather we've been having. Yeah. Um, I have a feeling it won't be hot, but who knows? It's Melbourne. Any, well, it's Victoria. <laughs> anything can happen. Yeah, that's right. Anything. It's got its own weather system. Uh, yeah. So uh, you must feel confident at the moment because you just come off your victory at the um sunshine coast what was the name of the race uh cycle sunshine coast yeah 
you just won a bit of a stage race in Australia. Um, have you done anything differently with your preparation this year for the road race? Um, not particularly, to be honest. I think like my reflections on last year was that it wasn't really my legs per se that was the issue. It was just like yeah. tactical error. And like I think nationals is a weird race. I think for the men and for the women, in some in some ways it's for different reasons. But it's a pretty I think especially this year it will be quite an open race because there's no team that can really control it. And there's probably never a team that can fully control it in the women's. Like bike exchange um, historically have had like the numbers to be able to somewhat control it. Um, but this year, like we don't have the numbers and we've got Grace Brown um, who's riding for FDJ now. She's really strong. There's a lot of like NRS riders that are super strong. Mm. And then it's just like, I think, uh, yeah, I, I don't, I can't really predict what's going to happen. So it's kind of exciting. Like yeah. it's cool. It is, it is. For the men's as well, it's a similar thing. You know, there isn't really that big bike exchange team or um, that could super controller. And then, you know, no Sarah this year because obviously everyone was watching her after her performances in the summer. And it's almost going to be like a like an old school junior race. Yeah, exactly. And I think, like, the other thing is we haven't had, like, a heap of racing in Oz recently like we've had that Sacra Sunshine Coast race but like that wasn't super hilly and a lot of people didn't come so we also kind of don't have the same idea of where everyone is at like we had last year we had TDU before it so we were like oh this person's like going well this person's not going well like kind of could categorize that and like in some ways um like when that break went like all those riders are very good riders but they weren't like absolutely bombing at TDU yeah. so we were like there was a bit of like you know, um, I've always thought, like, if you want to win nationals, it would almost be, like, a tactic to get in the early break and be, like, going really, really bad beforehand. Not that any of those riders were, but, like, you kind of, like, you're making, like, predictions. You can't go with everything. You're like, oh, that rider hasn't performed well. So, yeah, this year, I'm not sure, like, even if you can make those predictions because we haven't had enough racing to even, like, know how everyone else is going. Yeah. So, yeah. yeah. Oh, that's so interesting. Yeah. So maybe... Maybe it'll be, I mean, one, someone could view that might be negative because no one lets anything get away or another way it might be everyone trying to get away, everyone following everything. So it might be more elimination maybe, who knows? Yeah, I don't know. I think there are a lot of NRS riders who are like really good, really strong riders. And I wonder, like, I'm not sure what like their DS is like instructing them to do or like how like they sort of come up with the tactics, but it could be a very hard race if quite a few of them want to make it a hard race. <laughs> so like, yeah. yeah, it'd be interesting. Yeah. Okay. And um, we've been with, it's Bike Exchange Jayco, right? Yeah. Yeah. I just watched the video this morning of um, the kits and the bikes. Pretty cool. Yeah. It is very cool. <laughs> the kit, the women's kit is elite. I really like the how you can see the, the seams are a different, like a kind of the seams of the jersey and stuff are visible. That's kind of sweet. Yeah, it is very cool. Do you have, um, for, for nationals now being on the, the women's world tour team, do you have, is there anything like preparation equipment, uh, help that's sort of different to previous years or better? Um, I think it would be pretty similar. Like with ARA, we had, I don't know, pretty much everything you would need, like a Swanee and um, everything. I mean, 
I guess the major difference is like with any new team, new team members, even though I know Alex and Georgia who are doing um, nationals pretty well just from track and yeah, long time. Um, but yeah, just all those new adjustments, like new bike, it's kind of all fresh. And also like the added pressure of like being from like, I guess the world to a team It's like, okay, yeah. now I have my internal pressure and I also like want to deliver for my team. <laughs> so that's, um, yeah, I, in some ways it doesn't change because I always put a lot of pressure on myself. Um, but yeah, okay. I guess you've got got a target on your back, definitely. Definitely, yeah. But you can uh, it's you get a chance to own it. And I was thinking about this uh, when I was sort of tracking the results of the Sunshine Coast race. You know, you just signed the contract and was kind of announced. Uh, well, it was announced before the race, and I wondered if you felt like you kind of had to win that race because of well you just signed bike exchange did you feel that pressure during the sunshine coast yeah definitely definitely a lot of pressure um i feel like i had a really i probably had the hardest uni semester that i've done um and then i was in adelaide and we were kind of at the house the academy house we were getting living in got sold so we were in an airbnb and then moved back here and then like covid sort of took off and all those sorts of things and yeah I, I kind of came back and I really needed like to mentally get my shit together a little bit like I was no, it wasn't like I wasn't training I was still training but I just felt exhausted and like stressed and then I also was like I guess a lot of like anxiety about the future and like about being good enough for the contract and everyone saying like oh my god I can't believe you've gone world tour that's amazing like you must be so excited. And I was like, yeah, I am. But I'm also like really, really scared. Um, and yeah, I actually like made contact with my psychologist again and also talked to like a sports psychologist. I was like, I feel this self-doubt. Like, and then we worked through it and I realized that really it's no different to any other stage in my whole career and life. Like at the end of the day, I put in the hard work. I do my best on the day to like get in my flow state perform the best I can do all the right things and like if I didn't win that NRS tour it wouldn't be the end of the world it doesn't like define me as an athlete if I did win great and so I kind of like worked really hard to get back into that mindset coming into that tour and even though we're like relatively small scale I still was like very nervous like just I just really wanted to deliver I knew I was going well and then yeah I managed to do that which is I think was the result of I guess identifying that anxiety before it like got on top of me like working it through dealing with it and then executing on the day very good that's awesome and you won you, you won every stage eh? yeah pretty good that's a leap that's awesome yeah I had a lot of help from my teammates we have like a very good team um of very intelligent and strong riders so yeah there were definitely days where like I think Ruth Corset, who actually raced um as an under 19 when I did my first tour, she was in the NRS jersey, leading the NRS, and she, like, blew me away. Like, she was so strong up the climbs. But she raced again. I haven't raced her since then. Really? And, um, yeah, and she is very still very strong. Yeah. She was, like, giving it to us, like, attacking on the climbs. And I was like, wow, like, you know, a bit of a flashback, but now I can actually hold you wheel. <laughs> but, um, yeah. Um, I mean, if it actually I've got very climbing, I'm not sure I could because, she, I think she's actually very, very, still very strong. I heard um, she's going very well. But yeah, yeah, I had a lot of help. And um, 
it was a good way to finish my time with the team. It was really good. Yeah, yeah. I think it's good to um, remember that whole period as you, uh, you know, overcame those sort of um, anxieties and that sort of stuff and still delivered and ticked all the boxes. I think that's a pretty good one that you can take with you this year, you know, in your first season. Yeah, definitely. I think, like, the one thing is, like, I think everyone has anxieties or self-doubts or worries. And in a lot of ways they're, like, good because it's, like, telling you you haven't, like, hit your peak. You're, like, you, you still know that you've got more to give. You still know that, like, you can't get complacent. You've got to, like, keep working out on it. So and I guess that combined with, like, at the end of the day, no matter how, like, anxious I am, I know that when I'm in a race, I can pull something out of the bag. Like I can, yeah. I have like a lot of internal confidence in my ability to race. So I think a bit of self-doubt and acknowledgement that like you've got vulnerabilities. You're not, you're not the best cyclist ever. Like there's always like a chance that you don't win. But if you know that when you get in a race, you can usually deliver. And yeah, that's kind of what I focus on when I am worried and anxious and have self-doubts. Good on you. That's so sick. Uh, so I guess some bike exchange, Jaco, so cool, uh, especially being just like, you know, the Aussie team. Uh, what are you most looking forward to when you move over there and start racing in Europe? I think like, it still feels like, like, I still feel like it's sort of untested waters. Like I don't know what to expect. I don't know like where I'm going to be and like, yeah, all those sorts of things. Like, it just feels like another world, I guess, over there. So I'm really excited just to get my first race out of the way, to be honest, like, just to, like, get in there, like, jump in the deep end, yeah. see how I go, know what I need to do. Um, and I think, like, this year, my teammates, like, half of them I do know, half of them I don't know. But by all accounts, like, they're all really good people and, like, really fun people, really, like, good athletes. So I'm excited to... I don't know, be a part of that team and like get to know each other and like really commit. And I guess in some ways I'm probably going back to the rider I was, you know, helping out Beck Wysak and Lucy Kennedy and like just yeah. like groveling and trying to deliver at the end. So yeah, I'm excited for that. Yeah, that's awesome. Uh what what about being a professional cyclist? Like what specifically about that excites you? Is it like the lifestyle? Is it like, uh, you know, the travel, is it, you know, the team camaraderie, is it, you know, getting really into the races? Is there anything that really just goes, oh, I can't wait to do that or experience this? To be honest, I think, like, the reason why I'm in the sport is because I absolutely love racing. Um, and I always have really enjoyed racing. And I think, well, it's, it's a combination of loving racing and also being a highly perfectionistic person in terms of like my goals I always like aim pretty high I get a lot of satisfaction out of doing things the best that I can do um and like it's funny because I guess the whole time growing up I was always like I never glamorize the lifestyle like I know I've read all like the blogs I've told people like I know how hard it is like I know some of my friends at the moment who aren't on world tour teams the challenges that they have to go through like in the UCI continental team are insane like it's just and even the people on like world tour teams, like crashing or like, there's like a lot of hard, hard things. Like I don't see it as like this, I don't know, glamorous lifestyle, but what I do see it as is like, yeah, racing at the highest level 
really, really excites me because just the elements of like, I mean, the physical demands, but then the tactical demands, like you've got heaps of other really smart riders, heaps of other really strong riders. Like how do you as a team capitalise on what you have and like execute something really cool and like just blow something out of the water? And that's just like, that's what excites me, I guess. Yeah, okay. That's awesome. I really like that good answer. If you um, like whatever your race calendar looks like this year, if you could choose any race to race in your first year, what would it be? Well, I the Wollongong World Champs is probably what everyone would say. Um, <laughs> and to be honest, I would have to have a very good season and really earn that spot. So I can definitely a fair way off that I think at the moment but that would be really really cool because I don't know when the next world champs in Australia is going to be and I remember going to the Geelong world champs I think in 2011 or 2010 maybe and that was really cool I mean I was really focused on getting the new set bags out of the speed zone (laughs) but (laughs) I did really really enjoy that experience so I'd love to go back to the next world champs in Oz yeah that's awesome that's so cool you went to the Geelong one uh, yeah. Yeah. I just booked my accommodation for Wollongong. Uh, and I haven't been to the Wards before. And as soon as I knew it was coming to Australia, I was like, cannot miss it, you know, especially for Australia. Yeah. It's, it's hard to see, apart from Tour Down Under, you don't get to see the professionals, you know, battle it out. But yeah, exactly. That would be very good. And Australians always have good numbers uh, in the, well, you've got some numbers in the, in the world. So hopefully you can get a few more ranking points so we can get more Australians, like a larger squad. Yeah, I'm not sure what our ranking points would be this year because we had, because Spratty was out for most of the season with her injury and then Grace was out for half the season. But Grace did get a lot of points early on. So hopefully we are. I haven't checked that. Yeah. I think think it might be more than a year. I think it might be over a few years. So I think we should be okay. Yeah, I'm pretty sure it's like a four-year period or something. Uh, yeah. the points but who was there at last year it was I'm trying to remember now it was only a couple maybe no I think we I think we had a fair squad I think we had like at least six riders oh sweet well that must be the maximum then six I think I think potentially we have up to seven I'm not sure yeah on that. but it is a pretty big squad for the worlds fingers crossed who knows you know who knows what can happen Give it a shot. <laughs> okay. Um, right. Oh, um, do you do like uh, for your, well, I guess for the road race, it's in a couple of weeks, the Australian Nationals, uh, focusing on the road race here because uh, I think you're a really good shot. Do you, do you do any training sessions to replicate like, you know, the repeats of Bunningyong, the nine, nine times up Bunningyong? Do you do anything specific to that, like, I don't know, like motor pacing up a hill or just doing it? 50 times um I haven't done well yeah kind of I don't I've done like similar ish or trying to do efforts under fatigue so I haven't done like a perfect replication of like nine efforts on a day but like one session I did was like I had to start my efforts after like 1100 kilojoules burnt so like under a bit of fatigue and make sure like I wasn't sort of like riding up and down and then start like a block of efforts and maybe I'll do like 
five to seven efforts, but I haven't I haven't ever done nine. I think that's how many laps it is. Um, but yeah, I think basically just like hitting that power that you know it's going to be like probably over three hundred watts for some of the laps, and then also knowing like you have good fatigue resistance. I think are the two key things. Mm. Okay, nice. All right, uh, I've just got some questions to ask at the end here. I have uh, just a couple of fun ones. Uh, do you ride on Zwift, Ruby? I have not ridden on Zwift since I was in hotel quarantine in 2020. Oh, okay. So, <laughs> I mean, I'm not anti-Zwift, but I'm also like, I haven't ever got into the style of racing. I love normal racing. Um, yeah. I just haven't like allocated enough of time and energy to actually fully understand Zwift racing. So, and also I think like, it definitely suits a certain style of rider, um, which is probably not myself. Yeah. But I would do it again, especially if I was in a lockdown or quarantine. Yeah. Okay. And anyone that's not listening, Melbourne had a really had a lot of lockdown. <laughs> yeah, we did. We yeah. did. So. Okay. Uh, oh, do you have a favourite like professional rider? Yeah. Um, Did you look up that's to? hard. Yeah. I probably, oh, when I was younger, yeah, um, Tiff Cromwell. I was, like, obsessed with her. <laughs> she, um, I think she was, like, just coming out of under-19s when I was, like, about 10 or 11 or 12 or something. I can't remember. Mm. I was pretty young, though, and I did the Herald Sun tour, like, schools race before. It was, like, under-11s or under-13s. And then... Um, Tiff race the Herald Sun to a crit the next day. And then she was selling her kit at the end of it because a lot of the pros would sell their kit after the yeah. under. And I bought heaps of her kit. Like, I think I still have a few <laughs> jerseys that I used to wear of hers, like a cool Vita jersey and stuff. And it was signed. Um, um, yeah, it was pretty cool. That is so cool. You're a proper fan. That's awesome. Yeah. <laughs> I bet you've got, you must have some classic, like, photos of you were younger with some like professionals of these races. Yeah, I actually, I don't think I ever got a pick with Tiff, but I have a photo with um, Chris Hoy, who is a oh, British yeah. track sprinter, and Victoria Pendleton when they came to one of our training sessions. Wow. And I was wearing Tiff's Colbita jersey as well. <laughs> <laughs> That's awesome. Yeah, cool. Uh, what's your um, favourite, do you have, you might not have one, but maybe uh, your favourite training session? on the road um yeah i do <laughs> i really like three by 20 minutes just tempo <laughs> okay um, why I just, I just like getting into it like it's hard enough that you feel satisfied afterwards but it's not so hard that like i never feel cooked from it and i also just get into a nice rhythm and it's kind of like a pleasant uncomfortableness mm -hmm. um and yeah i kind of did a lot of that and it got me going really well as well. So good memes. <laughs> yeah, good, good memes. And those workouts are good because you, um, you're like, you're hurting, but you're still in control and you're going mm. fast usually. So you really feel like yeah. you're a cyclist, don't you, in those efforts? Yeah. 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 It's good. Uh, okay. And last one, what's your favourite, uh, and you might have this on that kind of ride, what's your favourite, like, bit of food, a bit of, like, um, yeah, like, favourite, favorite on bike food that you would have and you might look forward to after completing a session like that 
Um, I don't really like enjoy any of the food I ate on the bike <laughs> because I think it's just like becomes like just fuel. Like I need this to get to the next point in my ride. So like I usually just ride with like whatever, just bars usually from like Woolies and um actually I have been riding with gels recently because I had like a stockpile that I need to get through but like I'll just basically take anything that's carbs and eat a lot of it on the bike okay. um, but I do like a coffee stop mm-hmm. and a muffin is good and a muffin but savory or yeah. sweet definitely sweet nice that's it that's all I got Ruby cool thank you so much for coming on uh the press room it was so good to um talk to you and it's so exciting that another australian is going to the world tour so sick yeah thanks so much for having me and um it is good and i think probably gonna see a fair few more brands exciting club riders going to the world tour. i've had <laughs> what three this year so it's the unofficial uh feeder team to the world tour yeah pretty much is actually we get a lot of riders there and um every sunday morning and even like thursday night training we just have like a lot of fun sessions you can go to so it's just a great community and hopefully more clubs realize that it's the key to success all right legends that is the end of the episode thanks again for listening it means a lot i hope you're enjoying the content Uh, A lot of great winners over the weekend for nationals. And if you're an Australian fan and you've been following the racing the last few days, uh, certainly go back through the catalogue and listen to some of the chats I've had with, um, you know, some of the key Australians that were popping off this weekend. Um, Big thanks to Ruby for coming on the podcast. Uh, It was really nice to chat with her. What a cool girl. Another cyclist from the the Brunswick Cycling Club. My God, what an absolute talent factor it is there. So if you're living around the Brunswick area, get down to that velodrome. Take your kids down there and get them into what is obviously a really, really nice club setup. But anyway, make sure you follow Ruby on Instagram. Let's follow her this year. See how she goes in the world tour with that Australian setup. And um, yeah, we're going to be back soon. Hopefully, you'll get an episode out for the Tour Down Under. That's my plan. But thanks again for listening. Share it with your mates. Let's me see it on the story. If you're out watching or listening to this uh, potty while you're riding, give me a share. Take a picture of where you are. And uh, I want to see it. 